Did your favorite NFL team win the Super Bowl? No? Then the NFL Draft is your Super Bowl. I'm Danny Heifetz, and from now until the draft, we are turning our fantasy football show feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk about the top players and most important storylines for the NFL Draft. So join us on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new champion. I'm better than you, and you know it. D-M-D. Acknowledge me. I'm hurt, and I'm old, and I'm tired, and I work with children. Well, ding dong, hello. Embrace the vision, and we want the smoke. Lately, he just hasn't been very oozy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wednesday Worldwide. Worldwide? A proud member of the faction known as the Ringer Wrestling Show. My name is Ben Cruz, and I'm a producer here at the Ringer. And with me, as always, are my tag team partners, senior editor at TheRinger.com, Cal Davenport, and of course, the super producer, here at the Ringer, Mr. Brian H. Waters. What's up, guys? Have you recovered from your no. WrestleMania hangover? No. And also, this is weird. <laughs> we were just in the studio, and now we're back in these boxes on 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 the <laughs> remote. You know, it's cool. It was great, though. It was actually it was awesome seeing y'all. Shout out to everybody that came out to the meet and greet. I don't know. I, I had a a ball. Amazing in, 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 in Amazing. California. Um, it was it was great to see everybody for real. Yo, those wings at the meet and greet. <laughs> Man, talk about it. yeah, yeah. They was yeah. on point. You know, I remember I was sitting there with a uh, cow and I was eating, and it shouts out to Stephanie Hardy. She comes mm-hmm. over, and I said, "You got to try one of these." And, <laughs> you know, and uh, shout out to everybody who. Um, man, if I start naming names from the meet and greet, <laughs> I'm gonna miss somebody, but. You know, you're gonna sound like Kaz. Every- you're, you're gonna sound like Kaz <laughs> reading off who's coming to Wale Mania. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to have a list of everybody, you know. But uh, it was so much fun. You know, just great to, you know, people out there who listen to the show every week and just talk about. You know, it was good to chop up uh, uh, some good Brutus Navarro beefcake takes, <laughs> which I wasn't <laughs> expecting. <laughs> but I uh, also want to shout you two out because, man, between been quarterback and everything and still getting on stage talking to Gunther Cal sitting up there not only is he recording content is he interviewing Bianca but also editing every time I turn around Cal's got his computer up 
you know, doing his day job in addition to Wednesday Worldwide stuff. So shout out to y'all, man. We had so much fun. To me, this is the best WrestleMania ever, personally, professionally, and everything I saw on the screen. Brian H. Water. I'm sorry, Ben. There's a, we were at, it was before WrestleMania Sunday night started. Brian H. Waters want to talk about what everybody else is doing. Cause <laughs> if, if you saw any social stuff coming from the ringer, it was because of Brian H. Waters. But it, it doesn't even have to be ringer stuff. There were two young women that came down the, the ramp. They were trying to get some photos done before the big show started. They said, Mr. Brian H. Waters, uh, could you, they didn't say his name, but they said, Mr. Brian H. Waters, could you help <laughs> us take these photos? And, and Brian H. Waters said, yeah, I got you. I got you. I turned, I was talking to somebody five minutes later, I promise you, I turned around. He was just starting to take photos of the second woman that was there. Like, like, and he was doing, like, it was a photo shoot. Like, he didn't have to do all that. He didn't have to do all that for any of us. But, you know, again, it, it was good to see everybody. Again, it, 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 there is a playlist out there of the content that was, that was captured for the Ring of Wrestling show. I believe it's the WrestleMania 39 playlist. Yeah, uh, yeah. At 14, 15 hours of, of, of the straight content. And it's good content, too. But yeah, yeah. I could, I could I, harp on our work all day. I, I'm with you in putting Brian H. Waters over. This this dude was everywhere. He was running yes. the social of, of Ringer Wrestling, yes. taking photos with... Not just on his phone, by the way. This man yes. had a giant camera draped <laughs> around his neck for five days. Uh, he was producing, editing, hosting... Uh, him and Greg had an amazing interview with Drew McIntyre that'll be on that playlist. Also, a big shout out to Babyface producer Kerm mm-hmm. who was was running the show as well. Shout out to Troy, uh, you know, just everyone who kind of did their thing this Jesse week. And, and real, Jesse Lopez, who who filled in because Brian was traveling home. Kerm, uh, <laughs> Kerm was unavailable. It, everyone, there was all hands on deck for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, and, and real quick for the people for you guys because before we get to the rest of the show I mean we spent almost a week out in LA what, what, what was your personal best Wrestlemania 39 memory from the last couple of days memory and I uh, oh, <laughs> shout I, the, the one shouts out to the homegirl Andrea she uh, she had the, the plug on a suite and she said hey if you so it, I, I wasn't able to get up there night one but night two uh, I, I figured out I, I figured out how to get up there because so far why that building got to be so big and so amazing. But uh, I got up there. I was up there for uh, Omos and Brock. To okay, see the, the Brock entrance with all it, it was dope seeing it from from that that bird's eye view. It wasn't cool seeing Omos uh, lose, but uh, and I, I, I do want to tack one on though. Um, I I because I was I was cheering for the Usos. I not say I didn't care about KO and Sammy winning, but uh seeing eighty thousand people erupt when that oh three count God. went for that the main event in night one. I don't I I'm not I've seen I've been in big crowds before, nothing like that, and nothing where in unison everybody was so hyped for the ending of a show. Uh that, that that's that's probably like the the zero, but being able to see that Brock entrance up from the top was ill as well. Brian H. Walker. Yeah, Brian, what do you got? You talk about how loud it was, and I sat there, and I just couldn't imagine ever being there. Like, when I watched it on TV again, it doesn't do it any justice, no. because 
you couldn't hear the person next to you. <laughs> That's Crazy. how loud it was. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, yeah, but I think for me, man, I mean, there was so many highlights. Like I said, it was the best yeah. one ever. But being on stage with the Usos, and shout out to Ben for capturing that moment, because I didn't even know, I, I, you know, sometimes <laughs> I didn't know I threw my hands up on stage. But, you know, I'm walking past, and it was at one point, I said to the Usos' mom, I said, I know you're proud of your boy. She said, yeah. And she just, you, you could see the smile and the joy in her face. I was talking to Trinity, and because I had said, excuse me, I, I, I said, what's your husband's Instagram? I'm like trying to tag him on the Ringer um, feed. And so she gave it to me. So I, I tell her like how much of she's an inspiration to my daughter. And she, I showed her a picture. She goes, oh, look at her. And I was like, you know, it's a memory I can have and share with my daughter. But just being on stage with them and then walking off. And I said to Jimmy, I said, man, that was crazy. He said, it was lit out there, Oos, wasn't it? So the whole weekend, right? Shout out to Krista B and Queen PR. They said, you get called Oos one time and now you're a full-time member of the bloodline. I was like, <laughs> you are the bloodline. He called you Oos. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Brian is in the bloodline. When uh, it looked like Cody might win, I took this picture <laughs> of Brian where I thought he was going to have a nervous breakdown because he really right. thought Roman was about to lose the belt. Uh, it's an incredible picture. I think he, if you want it, just let me, I'll tweet it out maybe later. <laughs> but I sent it to Brian and uh, it, it, it's just an incredible picture. Uh, I mean, for me, this so this is my first, this was my first mania period mm-hmm, in person, same, I should yeah. say. Right. And I mean, Brian, Dave, Kaz, they, they all kind of prepped us for it, Cal. They were like, right. just be ready. It's It's a different experience. And I mean, it was that and more. And I guess my my favorite thing, I'm going to go full dad mode, though. And and that picture of all of us, the whole Ring of Wrestling crew that we took in the Firefly Funhouse setup yeah. uh, at the at the Superstore was, it was kind of surreal. It was, we did at the end on on that Sunday after all the interviews were done. And it was just a very, a very reflective moment of, it was intense. Like that whole week was mm-hmm. intense. And again, like, check the playlist out. But it was just that shout moment out where to we were Sid all vivid. Yeah, shout out to, to Sid Vivid who took a great picture of us, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was just very a very cool moment to just be there with everybody. Like we're not we're not all together in person that often, yeah. if if ever. So just to have that moment to kind of just be together, and ironically in the Firefly Funhouse, where it was with a <laughs> card with no Bray Wyatt on it. But I mean, that 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 was that was super cool and, and a close second was just being backstage at Wally Mania was was having like a wrestling fever dream you know yeah. what I mean you're like there's a lot going oh, that's, on back uh, there yeah it's like oh it's the new day and uh you know Ricky Starks and Adam like you're just standing across the hall like or across yeah. the way in the hallway from from Adam Cole and Britt Baker and they're just mm-hmm. having a great time you're just what is what is happening right now yeah, but what, uh, why, why is Daniel Garcia walking around in a DuPont right. racing jacket yeah it was ill though yeah. it was ill that was that was a close. That was a second to uh, just kind of that that picture at at the end of it, which uh, I I tweeted out yesterday. It was, it was, it was really cool. All right, oh. enough enough. <laughs> Getting emotional about Facts. this. Uh, we we got to kick things off. Let's go the right way with some high spot headlines, and you all know the deal. I'm gonna read out some of the biggest headlines of the week, and whoever wants to tag in and lets their thoughts fly, let it fly. First up. Paul Heyman says Cody Rhodes is now a bigger star after losing to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39. Brian, I'm going to kick it to you first because, again, the sigh of relief that you (laughs) 
released from your body after Roman picked up the victory. Uh, I could hear it through the, through the crowd. So what are your <laughs> thoughts on Paul's quote here that he gave out after, uh, after that big match? I mean, he's absolutely right. Sometimes you go over big in a loss, and it's no shame in losing to the Tribal Chief. Many have come, many have fallen, and it was Cody Rhodes' time, but that doesn't mean, the way, especially the way the match ended, he's entitled to a rematch. And I think that for him to go out there and put on that type of performance, probably one of his best matches, you could even say one of Roman's best matches, it was just epic. And mm-hmm. it makes people want to see him more because now you want to see, can he do it? You know, people don't realize Hulk Hogan lost to Andre the Giant before WrestleMania 3. Granted, it was way before he was, you know, the immortal Hulk Hogan. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, I think back to Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels lost the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania 11 and then redeemed himself and came back and won at WrestleMania 12. Everybody who wins the Royal Rumble doesn't win at WrestleMania for a reason because if that was the case, it would be too predictable. Look at Edge. Edge is the only multiple Royal Rumble winner to come short twice at WrestleMania. Yeah. I, I'm I'm surprised that people would be surprised at that statement. I mean, this it's like you said, it's kind of the point. If you're if you're not winning the title, you have to come out looking better. And I I it's I'm still not like 100 gung ho Cody Rhodes pro wrestler, mm. but watching him in that match, what I mean, how many crossroads did he hit Roman with? Like, I mean, it was it, there was some really good work that was done back and forth. I mean, part of that is. Roman Roman Reigns is, is is in God mode right now. Roman Reigns is really like Roman Reigns is really like a a main event machine when it comes to those types of bouts. So uh, you know, you, you you he was able to rock with the man right now. But uh, I is it going to be a year? The story has to be them wanting him to go up. I mean. He got his ass handed to him by Brock Lesnar, not 24 hours later. They're tearing him down like, now, yeah. They're like tearing that, him down and building back up. You, you kind of, you know, you, 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 you see the vision. You, it's almost like he got to taste it. You know what I mean? You're, you're, at, you're in Hollywood. You're in SoFi. You get the, all the glitz and the glamour. And you may feel like you're ready, but that doesn't mean you're ready. Come back. and Because <laughs> at, at a certain point, he's, he's going to have to run down Brock. He's gonna probably going to have to run back a Seth Rollins, just like, there's a lot of things that are gonna gonna go come into play before he touches either one of those titles again. And you want to see those matches more now than you would have before this Roman match. Let's be for real. Yeah, and I mean, look, I, I was in the minority on the entire show. I think not just not not just worldwide, but you know, Mass Man, Cheap Heat too. In that, I thought I really thought Cody was going to win. I mean, <laughs> and maybe look, I, I for for a sporting event that doesn't really have betting odds, I probably I paid too close attention to the, uh, the the betting odds that were out there, where it was just the line never moved. It was Cody five hundred minus five hundred when he after he won the Rumble and it stayed that way up until the week of, <laughs> and you know, I I admittedly might have bought too much into the finish the story kid that whole narrative. But again, as I got closer to the event, it became more real to me that that Roman was going to retain, and it, and I, I held on to that thought. But it was, this was also partially ruined for me, like right before the end of the match, because so when Solo got kicked out, 
obviously they brought him back in. We were sitting on basically like hard cam side, right? So mm-hmm. right near where there's kind of an entrance way as well. And I saw them sneak yeah. solo back in toward the yeah. end of that match, right? Mm-hmm. He was wearing a hoodie. Mm-hmm. Security was running running with him through there. So I knew I knew who was coming back, right? Like obviously the Usos and, and KO and Sammy were in there doing their thing, but after they cleared out, like, oh, well, Solo's coming back and he's going to cost them the match. So I think I had I had more time to process it <laughs> as well. Like, I wasn't as shocked as everyone else in the arena who was right. expecting a Cody win because I, you know, literally saw the dude run out. And I mean, look, at, at this point, again, with the way that Cody got his ass kicked on Monday, again, they, they, they essentially have torn him down to build him back up. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, because if they weren't going to give him the title, basically, in, in my in my eyes, there were two opportunities to give him the title over the last couple of days. You have, have him beat Roman clean and, you know, skyrockets or, or whatever. And he kind of takes the company moving forward. Or you give it to him on Raw in, in, in this, like, weird surprise move. Obviously, did not that, that did not happen. In fact, right. the opposite did. But now, I mean, look, for... Raw was what it was. It was obviously everything in between the first segment and the last segment were uh, there are not enough expletives and words to, to kind of describe <laughs> what we just what we saw. But the ending with Cody just uh, you know a beaten down man again. He's he's rock bottom right now, um, and he's got to work his way back up. So at this point now, just just build it back to forty. That's honestly where I'm at. Mm, like I. Like I, that. I, I uh, because you know, having him take it, take the title from Roman in Philly, at a WrestleMania with you know an increment of five, right? Mm-hmm. So this will be you know a round number. Like that's fine. I mean, Brian brought up a great point in that a lot of people who you would have thought would have taken the title have lost, you know, at their first <laughs> crack, and that that's totally fine. Like we don't we don't think about those as much, right? We think about the Shawn Michaels. Boyhood dream fulfilled, all that good stuff. But you don't talk about the, the times where he lost before. So it's um it's definitely coming for Cody. It, it's probably just taking a lot, you know, a little longer than we would have thought. And for all the long term storytelling that we've fallen in love with over the last two or so years, two plus years, at this point, what, what's another year? <laughs> you right. know, and right. so I, I'm I'm buckling in. Uh, I'm buckling in for you know another. Bloodline Mania, uh, if you will, or featured Bloodline Mania, but it's um, Cody's still going to put on some bangers, and it'll 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 be fine. He'll be fine, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I, the people who were upset though was it was an incredible scene to uh to walk out yeah. of, and something I'll uh, I'll always always remember. Uh, next up on High Spot headlines, the Jay White rumors, it seems, are are dying a quick death because he did not show up during WrestleMania weekend, and it sounds like he is not coming to WWE. Cal, were, were you one of those people who thought that he was going to show up, maybe not at Mania, but on, on Raw uh, after Mania? I, I have a homie. Shouts out to my homie Drip. He uh, he's, he's one of the biggest Jay White fans that I know. So every time there's any Jay White news, I hit him up. Be like, what are your thoughts? What's going on? And I was convinced that we were going to see Jay White in some capacity this weekend. Um, and in, in a, I mean, arguably over the two nights, what were the big surprises? Shane came back. 
immediately had to. I mean, that was the, probably the biggest yeah. one, right? And then Riddle. And R- Riddle's back. Riddle came <laughs> back on Raw. Like there, I was. There was word that Orton was going to be healthy. There, there was a lot of things that probably could have happened, but it seemed like I mean, now in hindsight, with a uh, a big you know impending sale merger you know acquisition to be announced, plus two nights in SoFi to go through, maybe they figured they didn't need to do any of the uh, the surprises or, or or pull any of these cards that they could be calling. I don't know if that means Jay White's not coming. Similar to. Cody Rhodes, you know, finishing the story doesn't have to be at WrestleMania 39. They could choose a choose sure. a proper slot. Um, but uh, I think overall, you know, Jay White, the Jay, the Jay White conversation is kind of more indicative to me of you know the the, the rumor mill and 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 the the, the faultiness of the because I don't know where any of these things are coming from. Like the Jay White had legs, but. I don't think there was anything more dynamic saying he would be showing up in, in, in LA than anything else. Uh, but that's just the timeline, timeline and always going to timeline. Also, another surprise I forgot to mention, Lil Uzi. Uh, Lil <laughs> Uzi Vert. I just want to run. Yeah. Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a, what a surprise that really, really got everyone going. It was, it was actually great. I'm not, I'm, I, that's, I sound sarcastic, but I actually, I actually I, seen the kids uh, in front of us. I was genuinely surprised. Shout yeah, they were going to the little homie Zach. Yeah, yeah. Shouts out, shout, nah, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Shouts out to the homie Zach. Mind mm-hmm. you, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm sorry. Friday night, we went to SmackDown. Brian H. Ward, did you hear it? There was a kid, I don't know where he was from. It sounded like he had like a, a British accent. Mm-hmm. He, on Friday night, and I thought he was a wrestling authoritarian, authoritarian out there. He every everything that he said that was going to happen on SmackDown was correct, <laughs> and it happened. But that kid reads the dirty facts. <laughs> but that that kid was not Zach. Shouts out to Zach and and his brother and sister and his father. They were sitting mm-hmm. in front of us night one. Zach not only knew everything, he had the reasons for why he thought somebody should lose. This is their time. They I, I don't know. I it, it, you know you, like you feel like you see yourself yeah. out in the world. Like Zach wasn't ten year old Cal, but like Zach felt like four-decade-old cow in, like, a little kid's body just in terms of, like, his enthusiasm and the way he was talking about oh, everything. He was, it was dope to see. It was really ill to see. Shouts out to Zach. He was about, he was talking that shit to Brian. <laughs> he was Brian. talking that shit <laughs> to Brian. Brian was leaning in. Oh, it was amazing. It was an amazing scene. I love it. I love it. It was, it was definitely funny, you know. Um, and like you said, when Lil Uzi Vert came out, I, I don't know who this guy is, to be honest with you. I'm, you know, I'm old. I'm not cool. But um, I, I've heard that song. And but just right. to see like their reaction, it was like amazing because that's how I had I, my reaction when Diddy came out at right. WrestleMania 28, you know. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm sorry. Oddly enough, Lil Uzi Vert is from Philly. So they could have done this next year. But anyway, keep going. They could have saved, saved him. Pro- yeah. They gotta believe saved. he'll probably be there. Him and Meek Mill. Facts. Uh, facts. He'll be wrestling. He'll be, he'll be in the ring him next him versus Bad Bunny. You know I mean? <laughs> him versus Bad Bunny. Him and Bad Bunny tagging. Yeah. Up, you know? <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, you know the Jay White stuff, man. I guess because like I'm not. It's not that I don't like Jay White. I just haven't had the chance to really connect with him. Mm-hmm. So it's not like oh my gosh, I got to see him in WWE. You know, I was disappointed when Kenny Omega didn't sign with WWE back um, when they created All Elite Wrestling. Right. I don't have that right. same feeling. You know, there's been times where I'm, I'll never forget when Kurt Angle's contract was up in like 2014 and I was working and 
I got the word and I walked around with my homies. I was like, I'm so upset because I just knew, like, I knew that was the time where he could come back and finish his career. And we didn't get it. He would do it later eventually. But I don't have that feeling with Jay White. And it's no offense to him or his fans. But I think when the time is right, he'll get there. You know, I think maybe this is also a curveball. This could be also everybody waiting to see what's going to happen with Vince McMahon. And, you know, we'll see. But, um, you know, I'm not sad about it. Right. I mean, the the only part that I was bummed about is it might have saved Raw. Mm. It was again in the in the arena. Raw was, uh, and again, I, I still haven't even watched it back, so I don't know how it came across on TV. Mm. But in the arena, it just it felt so dead. I mean, Damn. you know, the beach ball finally made an appearance at some point, which and it was again killed almost immediately, <laughs> um, and. Like after that first segment, the first segment had everyone going nuts, you know, um, and, and it was great. By the way, I don't know how anyone was shocked by the Brock turn. Right. Like this dude was way too chunk, he way too friendly it, and excited. They said, don't ne- never shake Brock Lesnar's hand is what they're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I might have never seen anyone shake Brock Lesnar's hand since he's come I'm back. Not. You know, like much less dap him up like that. So it was. I was like, oh, he's definitely turning on Cody tonight. Anyway, I mean, the set so. The Seth segment, obviously, that got rewritten, right? You, you, everyone has seen the videos, um, and like they were kind of teeing it up for some sort of surprise at that point. Whether it was Jay White or not, I mean, that would have been a perfect, perfect entrance for Jay White, like a Jay White Seth Rollins match. Oh yeah, come on, oh, yeah. like that 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 that's a that has banger written all over it. But I mean, I and look, I. I the, the window of him coming into WWE is not closed for sure. I mean, that, I guess that never is with any you know professional wrestler. But it was, it definitely would have raised the floor of where Raw ended up being. Yeah, because Raw, Raw was not just a bad Raw after WrestleMania. <laughs> it was just a bad Raw. Like you know what I mean? Like if that Raw happened in, you know, uh, kind of. Not during, like, uh, you know, September, like mid-September, you're like, hey, I kind of guess you're just trying, trying to eat a program. But, like, this was the Raw after WrestleMania, and, like, there was nothing. Like, it was, uh, it was, it was such a bummer, and, and Jay White would have been at least, like, something to hang on to for, for that night. By the way, Seth Rollins, there's obviously that clip of him being told and being pissed. Yeah. He was beyond pissed. Uh, just seeing, like, the, I don't know if anyone saw this on, but, and I don't think I'm, I'm, saying anything out of pocket here because there were literally <laughs> thousands of people who yeah. saw this. But after his, I guess his thing got cut, you know, he, he I guess he started to say something ended up throwing the mic yeah. uh, out of the ring just in frust- it seemed to be out of frustration. It was just this weird thing and I turned to Kerm and Kaz and I was like, what What just happened? We were, everyone was so confused and, you know, I don't know what you guys saw on TV, but it was just the most, it was a very, very confusing scene and obviously now that it, we, we've kind of heard like, rewrites and, and everything else it makes Start sense but in the in the moment it was just a very very bizarre thing and jay white could have been could have been the saving grace um last one here on high spot headlines charlotte flair is taking some time off from wwe with no return timetable brian obviously her and Rhea tore the house down on on night one and i mean do you what's the timeline on you think 
we'll see Charlotte Flair back in the ring in, in WWE. I could see her coming back at SummerSlam. Um, you know, I know her husband's contract is going to expire soon. He posted, uh, well, that's just been reported, that, um, you know, he's still in contract with All Elite Wrestling, Andrade. And so I could see them really just taking time to enjoy each other. I know he's hurt or injured still, or he's nursing an injury. But I could see, you know, really her coming back to SummerSlam. I feel like she probably still would have been out. I feel like, you know, this last run kind of felt like, hey, we need Charlotte. We, we yeah. need her help. Yeah. And thankfully, I mean, because I believe her and Rhea put on, you know, arguably match of the weekend. Uh, you know, you could even say, like, I mean, I thought Charlotte and Oscar, when I first saw it, was a top five WrestleMania match, but that might have to move down now. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she's she has so many title reigns, but we look at that number, but we also have to think, like, she's also done so much. So, you know, I could see her, you know, just taking time to say, you know what, let me rest, heal, and, you know, come back stronger. I mean, then, you know, we don't know. Maybe she wants to start her family. We've seen Becky Lynch do it. Maybe Charlotte wants to yep. do the same thing, and you know, good for her. I uh, I don't I don't know because WrestleMania week and weekend was so busy. I don't know if anybody's had a chance to check it out. But uh, shouts to Jonathan Snowden. He wrote it. It dropped. I forget what day it dropped last week, but uh, there's a, he, he spoke with Charlotte Flair, um, and there wasn't a lot. Like she didn't drop any details specifically, but she definitely is looking at uh, the careers of The Rock and the careers of Cena and and seeing Mercedes and kind of seeing if there's an in with her. I remember hearing a while ago uh, the, on, there, there was talk that there was going to be like some reality TV series or something. Um, yeah, the, the, the shouts to Jonathan Snowden. That piece dropped on March 30th. It was, it was I remember editing it in my hotel room, uh, and and, and <laughs> it was it was so interesting because I, if I'm not mistaken, the title is is the clock ticking on uh, Charlotte Flair's career, yep. um, and it, and it's not to say that she's done, but I think she she got she got the title. She had the banger with Rhea that they wanted to have, you know, before the pandemic pandemic on them, and uh, I think. She feel she may feel like she did the job. She can explore a little bit, take some time to reflect. I you said SummerSlam, Brian H. Waters. I'm not saying mm. that feels soon. I just mm-hmm. wonder, like, I we could hear in May or June that like maybe that movie role she was going for, she got it, and maybe that it could be SummerSlam next year. Maybe it could be you know a Rumble. I don't know. I I feel like it may be up in the air depending on what she uh, figures out she wants to do next. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, she did. Obviously, she was the SmackDown champ going in, and she did a lot of media, um, you know, during during the press junkets and everything else. And and one of the questions I keep going back to that she was asked was, and she's been asked this before, but it, you know, she's obviously now climbing closer to her dad's record, mm-hmm. right? Sixteen world titles, and then you know, one of the questions that um, our guy Chris Van Vliet mm-hmm. asked her was, you know, are you are you chasing? 16 and she said immediately well once i get to 16 he'll just claim it's 21 (laughs) you know and i say all that to say i don't know how important that is to her right she's already going to go down as one of the greatest women's performers and you know take out women's performers of all time right the greatest champions of all time and like you said brian you know someone that they can go to whenever they need her mm-hmm. uh, because she just always shows up and shows out. Um, 
and you know this this piece by Snowden, you know, I, she she just might be kind of ready for the next thing, and whether that is her family, whether that is you know extra ventures outside of WWE, like I don't blame her. She's she's literally achieved everything, you know, and you know when when you're kind of looking at. Uh, when you say like she's looking at The Rock to maybe as as an example of someone who can succeed outside of WWE, I, you know, The Rock is if you actually look at his WWE career, not that long, right? Right. right? He didn't he, the longevity of his career is probably one of the reasons he's probably not on a lot of people's Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. But the flip side, man is the biggest movie star in the world. You know what I mean? He can come come back to WWE whenever he wants. So like, why wouldn't she want that? Why? you know, why put her body through that? So it, it, it makes sense that she's taking this time off. And yeah, I mean, SummerSlam does feel, feels a little soon. Um, it, it, she was, you know, I think she posted, I think it was on Instagram or, or Twitter or somewhere, but she was, she was gone. Yeah. <laughs> she, was, she, she was in Hawaii by the time, uh, you know, they were doing the pre-production meeting, Sarah <laughs> type of I'm thing. Celebrating so birthday. it was, um, well, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 that's I right. hate peppering in all this random inside stuff or stuff that we got to see. But uh, the day, she, if you listen to the Braun Strowman and and Raquel interviews that were up on uh, up uh, on, that we did on Wednesday, as we were leaving that facility Wednesday, was when a lot of people were arriving, and I've uh, yeah. I've always seen images of Charlotte and, and Andrade out and you know I want to be like oh it's so cute but like it's kind of dope when uh couples still like match their fits and they definitely both stepped out the whip in matches sweatsuits oh and I'm God. like I li- live the gimmick I love to see it I, I, something mm. tells me whatever she's doing in this time off her and Andrade are going to have a lot of fun doing it I, I, I promise you on that mm-hmm. head to toe Matt, it was just an incredible. It was scene, beautiful uh, just to see them <laughs> as we were as we were waiting for an Uber back to the hotel. I love it. But you know, shout out to Charlotte, and you know, I, this this will eventually lead, I think, guys, to a bigger conversation about what they're going to do with the women's yeah. division, uh, because you know, a lot of the conversation that we all had going into Mania was, you know, what's up with these storylines? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, the the everything that's been built, um, and obviously Charlotte and Rhea put on a freaking show that we'll remember forever. Uh, and, you know, Bianca and Asuka also showed out and that was incredible. But, you know, what are they going to do with everybody kind of moving forward is, is, is a conversation I feel like we're going to have a lot on this Indeed. show. What? There it is. You heard the drop. It's time for They Said What? The three of us have listened to The Masked Man Show and Cheap Heats, as I'm sure all of you fine listeners have as well, because, well, you're already subscribed to our wonderful feed here. But we get to do something I'm sure you all wish you could do from time to time, and that is respond to a take dropped by the likes of the legendary David Shoemaker, Kaz, Peter Rosenberg, Stat Guy Greg, or Dip. And for today's They Said What? We're actually going with something said on the Masked Man Show, but not by Dave or Kaz. No, no, no. We we have a WWE superstar who came to hang out with the Masked Man Show and, and the entire Ringer Wrestling Show crew at the Ringer Spotify Studios in L.A. The role model herself, 
Bailey. She's been in the news a little bit this week, so Brian H., play the clip. I love the responsibility, and I, but I always feel the pressure because mm-hmm. I always feel like after my cage match with Becky, like Hunter said something to me like, man, you're out there like you had something to prove. I'm like, I do. I always do. I feel like for some reason I'm just not seen in that light yet, yeah. and maybe WrestleMania will be the day. All right, guys. I mean, obviously now this clip is a little bit more interesting because of what's transpired over the last, let's call it, you know, 36 Mm -hmm. hours, right? Since since Raw aired and everything else, uh, everything else kind of leaked. What's up with what's up with Bailey? You know, I or what's up with WWE's perception of Bailey? It, it, it's wild to me that she even said that. Like in the moment, I remember being in the room and thinking, like, you have to prove yourself. You've been here for, for ten years. You're you're a Grand Slam champion. What what are we even doing here? And now all this stuff comes out. I mean, Cal, y- you were in the studio with us too, and and, and you've seen kind of the, the subsequent reaction to everything that's surrounding right. Bailey. Do you have? a feel on, on what this all means for her kind of moving forward? I mean, I, I'll, a, a couple things. Bailey on social media is, seems like she's very much in character aside from like the charity stuff, you know, she's very good at, uh, utilizing right. her social media to, uh, get character work across. So on the surface, I don't know what's going on because that tweet has nothing to do with, damage control or damage control controlling damage anything like that and then when you hear segments being cut and you know looking at the year because while bailey has been on tv and if you look at the matches bailey's been working um bailey's been on the losing end of 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 a lot of that stuff so uh a lot um but then you look at the accolades and then you see, oh, she was the first women's triple crown. She was, you know, the first women's grand slam, you know, all of the titles that she held, you know, the the positions on, you know, prestigious lists that everybody put out there that she, she's she been on. You know, she she's one of the four horsewomen. Like, it's hard to even think about it. So it's either she doesn't feel that she's getting the proper recognition where she is. And that could fuel a certain situation like her homegirl, you know, Mercedes. We we saw yep. her go over to see what 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 Mercedes was was doing when she was debuting and be being a, being there for her homegirl. There are a lot of people who see that idea of doing it on your own, really just pulling yourself up, up by the bootstraps betting on yourself or should I say banking on yourself Ooh. Ba- Bailey's been Bailey's done like we said Bailey's done very well for herself she could be a certain person who she can still go she's she she had the name and 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 just her 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 the cachet that she brings anywhere immediately lifts up that division and it's been proven there are people who are out there doing it now that that are able to she could be in Japan. She could be in AEW. She she could really write her own ticket, I think, if she wanted to. And WWE, just like Drew McIntyre and other people, they like bringing people back if if, if they're able to show them. Because maybe that's what it is. Maybe she feels like she needs to go explore, conquer, 
and then come back with the trophies and be like, what? You, you, you're not going to make me your champion now. You ain't see what I did the last year or so. But again, it's like, it's, it's because it's the world of pro wrestling and stuff is kayfabe. It's hard to really, to really get a gauge on how, uh, how connected the tweet we saw with the, the word about the, the, um, the, the rewrites had Raw and, and everything going on. Um, but the fact that she said that before all of this happened, who knows what she's been thinking about this entire time, you know? Because all this could have been, could been ruminating and gestating, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Oh, so, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead, Brian. My bad. No, you know, the thing with Bailey is, I, I can respect her saying wanting to prove herself, right? It's the thing in, with anytime you're performing, no matter what, no matter how many accolades you have, you always want to get better. Right. And so when I heard her say this, and I'm sitting there watching her, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense, you know, because she wants to be the best. <laughs> didn't I, think I anything always, of it. Didn't. You know, I, I always held her in high regard as one of the greatest wrestlers ever, just because she's that, especially, you know, in ring, she's so smooth, right? But then the character work for her to be able to be the top baby face and the top heel, that's not easy to do. A lot of wrestlers not can't a lot do of it. people can do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. you could probably name yeah. on ten um fingers. And for her to say that, like I said, I ain't think nothing of it. But now hearing all this other stuff, it makes you wonder, hmm. But you know, one thing she said was Mercedes is her wrestling soulmate. So wouldn't be surprised. If the soulmates reunited and just thinking, we saw what they did during the pandemic. Yes. How, mm-hmm. Imagine what they could do. F- carried it. Carried. carried it. Imagine what they could do for professional wrestling worldwide. World. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. That's a good, that good plug. That was no, a good plug. No. And Cal's react, Cal's, you know, knee jerk reaction is just always yelling back. So <laughs> the golden role models over in New Japan or wherever they would want to go on, on this tour that Mercedes referred to, you know, months back, that would be beautiful. I wasn't even thinking about that on like our serious level, but that mm-hmm. could be ill. That could be ill. It's it's so weird to me though that. So, uh, obviously, on Monday, Damage Control comes out. It's Dakota Kai, it's Io Sky, no Bailey. No mention of uh, Bailey. And again, kind of no mention of Bailey on the broadcast. Right. That, and that's, that's huge. Honestly, in the arena, I didn't think anything of it because since it was a, you know, a women's tag title number one contenders match, it's like, oh, you know, Bailey's, uh, you know, doing her thing and letting, letting them cook. Letting them get their shine and, and you know prove that they can do it on their own. You know during the interview with with Dave and Cash, he talked about that. Whereas you know they don't they don't need me to lift them up. It's just cool to kind of be together. Um, the cynical part of me is just very much in this stuck in this zone of damage control is essentially Triple H's idea, mm-hmm. right? Like they were the first big debut at SummerSlam during Triple H's first SummerSlam, during his, you know, almost his coming out party of his era. And Bailey's, I think, talked about this a little bit before before Thursday in that she had pitched an idea of a group uh, prior to, you know, in the old regime and, you know, was, was denied, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if, if Vince is a big fan of her leading a group 
and and this was part of that because she was apparently supposed to come out with right. him. Like th- th- this, this was one of the rewrites. One of the rewrites was Bailey is not coming out with you, Dakota Kai and Eos Kai. You know what I mean? And that's it's just so bizarre, especially since I mean, Brian, you brought this up. Like her and Sasha or, or Mercedes during the pandemic mm-hmm. carried WWE programming. Period. Right, it was it was insane, and it, it was such a difficult time to be a superstar at that point. Right, you're, you're wrestling in front of no fans, you're wrestling in front of screens, uh, and they made it so watchable and so enjoyable during a time where it was just there's a lot of uncertainty out there, and for her not to to one still feel like she has to prove herself, which is you know from a sports perspective, you kind of get that right, like no days off. You know, you, you even the greats. Uh, in you know every professional sport, say that you know the the second they get complacent, like it's a wrap for them. Yeah. And and I I get that from that perspective. But you also feel, um, and I guess you know Romans will always be on another level. But I don't think he's out there to prove anything anymore, right? You know, and and obviously he's achieved everything too. I mean, Bailey should have that type of confidence. Uh, because she's achieved it all. She's carried the company in, in one of the darkest periods ever. And it, it's such such a bummer, man. It's it, it's such a bummer that if if this Vince thing kind of has weight and keeps going in this current iteration, that sucks that she's going to take the brunt uh, of of kind of the bad side of it. And, and, and might not be featured as much because I, you know, she's she's so fun to watch. She's so good. Across the board, and if this is the kind of end of this iteration of Bailey, where we never really get, you know, some closure, like we don't get Dakota and EO turning on her, like that type of closure, right. I don't know that 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 just sucks. disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> and and there's there's no other way. But you know what? To, you Real know, quick, Ben, I do think Roman. I think the difference with Romans, who where he's trying to prove himself, I think he's trying to prove himself against the legends and the people that aren't there anymore. Sure. Rushmore. That's a great thing. Yeah, bingo, the, yeah. the Mount Rushmore. He's trying to prove himself against the Rocks, the Cena's, the Hogan's, the um, the Austin's, right? Where Bailey is still trying to prove herself amongst the Bianca's, the Becky's, the Charlotte's. So I think that's the difference. But I understand exactly what you're saying as far as, you know, that confidence. Right. Indeed. And we're going to get more into kind of the changes that have taken place here in the last couple of days post-mania. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 
37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. And we are back. It is now time to welcome our special guest this week. He was actually with us to kick off WrestleMania 39 week. And here's the, he's here now to bookend it and put a bow on the whole thing. The Ring of Wrestling Show's authority figure, the masked man, David Shoemaker. Dave, welcome once again to Wednesday Worldwide. First question out of the gate. Is it true that you went home early after Mania ended because you were sick of seeing us for five days straight? <laughs> First of all, I always want to say that this has been a, uh, you know, not a great week for WWE authority figures. So I'm just going to, you know, just I'm not, I don't know how to take that as a compliment or an insult. Listen, I felt really bad uh, and really sad about having to leave WrestleMania week early. It was going so good. Um, but by the time I got back, man, turned on Raw, sitting on the couch, I was like, I'm so glad I'm not here for this. Because if you've ever been to a good Raw after WrestleMania, it is the highlight of the week. And even a mediocre one, is will take will just suck all of the fun that you've had over the past however many days and just throw it in the trash can. I remember I've been on the I've been on my podcast Oof. in various points in the past railing railing against the beach balls in the crowd. Man, I was <laughs> I was the most anti beach ball voice ever. When somebody texted me that there was a beach ball uh, being tossed around at the Raw after WrestleMania, I was like, you know what? Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of pro beach ball tonight. Like I don't know, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't last long. Serves them right. I'll tell you that. I, I saw the beach ball. Uh, it, it got even that got killed really really quick. It, was, it had the same vibes as the as the entire yeah. show. But uh, yeah yeah. Brock got uh, to D- it. Dave, as I mentioned during the intro, um, you know you, you ended up having to leave before Raw after WrestleMania, and I ended up going with Kaz and and, and Babyface producer Kerm and. You know, you going home early really was probably the best call of the of the entire weekend, potentially the entire century, because uh, that show was yikes, and, and the, there was obviously you know a lot of reaction to it, and 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 to the news that you know Vince is essentially back in charge of everything post the Endeavor acquisition news, and you know he was apparently back in Gorilla. Bailey appears to be in the outs now for for whatever reason. So you talked to a lot of people over the last week, over the weekend, and I'm assuming over the last few days here. Do do you have any more info that that you can share, obviously, about 
what the hell is is going on backstage right now? Um, yeah, yes and no. I don't, I t- I'll tell you this. Um, yesterday, Tuesday, I mean, I spent a week in LA basically, and yesterday working WrestleMania the whole time, and we were going sun up to sundown, just doing content and everything else. Yesterday was my busiest day of the wrestling week, and that was just like being <laughs> on the phone, you know, talking to people, trying to figure out what's going on. I guess it started Monday night. Monday night. Raw kicked off with that Triple H promo. And I was like, okay, this, this sounds mm-hmm. about right. A little bit empty, like whatever, when he was doing the we're not going anywhere thing. And then he mm-hmm. called Roman, he got Roman to the ring. And I was just like, okay, here it comes. He's going to either present him with a new title belt or split the belts or whatever. Like we're like a thing is about to happen. And then Triple H, well, powdered out in the wrestle and, you know, wrestling parlance. And I was just like, wait, what's happening? And I was, I was, I was, um, Texting with some with some buddies who we all know here, and and I was just like, dude, I am more worried now than before. He said everything's going to be fine, you know. I mean, it's just like, why why are you going out there? It's like going out to make a public statement to to just say like, I just want to I just want to let you all, you guys know that I'm here forever, and I will definitely not be you know replaced by AI in the next six months or whatever. <laughs> Our buddy Zach Linder responded with the, just with the phrase. Uh, chat Triple H. No, 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 Triple GPT. Sorry, I got that right. Um, uh, but uh, but that's good. But it turned out I was right. I mean, it was like he went out there and made this statement. And not only that, but that was symptomatic of the entire show that followed, which is to say that like every single segment started and then it was like, it, I mean, you could really feel them changing the script in real time. A thing like we know what happened to Seth Rollins, but it's like it wasn't right. just that one. The things would start and you'd be like, OK, now this is going to happen. And then something then they were like, what can we do instead that would just not change, not raise the stakes at all? And we'll just do a thing. You know, it was like the beginning of every segment made mm. sense mm. and then nothing happened. Um so what's the question? What was going on back there? I started hearing immediately. I mean, like within 45 minutes into Raw that Vince was backstage backstage rewriting. And I thought. Okay, listen. There's a lot of wishful thinking. There's a lot of there's a lot of inaccurate news that's floating around, and, and part of our job is to know the difference between what's real and what's not. You know, I got a lot of intel on the Endeavor deal on Sunday when I was talking to people, um, but the one thing I was like, I was putting into the unsure category right off the bat was Vince is going to get his own office. I mean, Vince is going to get an honorary title and office somewhere and fade away, right? Because I felt like the people telling me that were 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 um, trustworthy, but I also felt like that's the sort of thing you can talk yourself into, right? It's a it's a little wishful thinking. So um, it's a, you know obviously who knows if that's going to bear out, whatever. But it was the same thing with Vince being a writer, except the reverse. When I started hearing that Vince was writing, I thought pe- maybe people were making excuses for a shitty episode of Raw, and then it turns right. out it was totally true. Um, <laughs> There, somebody there tweeted this, fact. and I'm sorry I don't know who, because I, I was kind of shocked to see it, and um, but because I had had similar conversations. But but it, as crazy as it sounds, this, the 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 situation at WWE right now, it all boils down to Friday. It all boils down to whether or not Vince McMahon shows up in at SmackDown, because since his return, he's not been on the road, uh. and. There are a lot of reasons for that. Obviously, the 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 drawing the the bright line between what he's doing and creative is is an important statement. I think that for whatever for a variety of reasons, he's noting he's known he needs to keep that up. Um, but you know, there's also I think in the background, there's like I mean, I think Vince's 
how to say this. At times, Vince is very compelled uh, um, that that it's you know it is time for him to move on. Now he loves to do creative and never wants to stop on some level, but like. Dude, 77, you know, like he wants to like there have been people in his ear for 15 years saying like, you need to figure out how to get eight hours of sleep at night, man. Like if you want to live to 101 like your mom, like there are people that are telling him this, you know, so I think that there's probably right. some level of of deliberate. I mean, it, it's a deliberate move on his part. All of that is to say he hasn't been traveling. He's not been live at the shows. He's not been sitting in Gorilla. When he has been, we've known about it, right? He shows up to say hi to John Cena. And then, but, and, and yet, and on Monday Night Raw, he mm-hmm. was there because he was in town for, for, I mean, to, to complete the sale, right? I mean, he, he was at, in Ari Emanuel's office at three in the morning, you know, the, on, on, on Monday morning, just to like be at like, in like war footing when this thing went live, you know? And, um, and, right. That and it could just be that he was in town and he was feeling his oats and he was just like, you know, I'm here. I'm going to just do my job. This is my job. I'm still the chairman, whatever. Um, It could be that he was, you know, motivated by all the questions about whether or not he was going to stay in charge of creative. There's a lot of reasons. But, But all of this is to say no one there's not a there's not an existing plan for him to be at smackdown on thursday if it weren't for wrestlemania weekend the assumption would be he wouldn't be i mean sorry friday if, if it weren't for wrestlemania the assumption would be that he would not be there and there's a lot mm. of people there are a lot of people that are holding out hope that he won't be there and it'll just go right back to the way it was prior to monday um so uh yeah. the entire wrestling world will be on alert um as to whether or not Vince McMahon is sitting in gorilla on, on Friday. That's it. That that's the that is gonna change that that will be the 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 signal as to whether or not we're kind of staying in the triple H era or going back to the the one that that preceded it. Um a couple of I mean just a couple of side notes. One, um mm-hmm. Even if it goes back to the Triple H era, it's not. It doesn't really bode well that if Vince is there, he's going to be rewriting everything. I mean, this could be a really incredible world future that we're moving into, where we get, you know, six weeks of relatively great TV product, and then Vince shows up on pay per view weekends and just changes everything. Right? I mean, that that's like a real possibility. Um, and yeah. the fact that the sale isn't the the it's the sale, the merger, or whatever, isn't going isn't going to be made official until the end of the year. I have to think that matters a little bit because whatever whatever the argument was for Vince kind of staying receding until it was final, I mean, until the sale was made, sort of still applies. You know, I mean, I think we're all kind of doing our our due diligence on figuring out how what the business. You know, we're gonna we're giving ourselves like you know stu- at home study courses, study course MBAs right now, trying to figure out how all this stuff works. But <laughs> right, right. I'm going to quiz you guys on what a reverse right. mor- how a reverse Morris trust works uh, at the end of the episode. But it but it's oh, um I mean I would like to think that that pressure still applies but but obviously it doesn't. If Vince wants to do something whatever whatever actually led Vince to take a back seat for the past couple of months is Vince's own decision. And so whatever brings him back or or keeps him away further is going to be his own decision too. It's kind of impossible to foretell. Mm. Well, I, in, in speaking of impossible things to foretell, Dave, I, I, the first thing I thought about when I, I got the alert of the, the CNBC saying that the uh, the sale was imminent, I was thinking about how like pay per views. Like I, I'm, I'm a child of. I remember back in the day, my mom having to call the the cable company to say we want to watch the fight or the wrestling show tonight, and then it would just magically show up. But we've gone from there to DVDs and Blu-rays to to the network. And now we're in Peacock where you really you really don't even have to pay for WWE. It's just part of 
a package. Now, I wonder, is there a could, UFC went through? I still don't know how to pay for a <laughs> UFC event. I, 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 you have to buy something and then buy something else. Are, are fans, should fans be getting prepared for a situation like that where the, the premium live event era could turn into something else because you're paying for WWE plus or some other type of service to actually get? The Rumble WWE or Mania Blue, or something? I think is the joke you're looking for. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. WWE Max. The, uh, WWE Max. Um, I think that the, the, from the people I've talked to, the general consensus is that, like, not, it, that's not going to be um, an urgent change. That's not, I mean, everybody's sort of at peace with mm-hmm. the financials as they exist, but every, everybody says. Yeah, there will be a point where it's like a, like the like when Disney was releasing like feature films on on um, Disney Plus, right? It's just like yes, you can see it at the same time as in the theater, but it's twenty bucks or something like that, right? It's crazy. Right, I mean, like, right, right. Even wrestling fans, you see on message boards, would be like, I would be at peace with paying more for WrestleMania and SummerSlam. It's like as as soon as you realize that's in people's heads, it's crazy that they wouldn't be monetizing those things. That said, right. It's still about rights versus cash, right? I mean, it's still like, you, you know, at some point, part of the money that Peacock and NBCU is paying WWE is for exclusivity. And if you can pay, if, if, if you're a wrestling fan who only wants to watch WrestleMania, you say, well, do I pay for Peacock, which is, you know, uh, 120 bucks a year or whatever, or do I pay just, would I just buy WrestleMania for 25 or like whatever it's going to, you know, bear out to be. Um, obviously they have to run those numbers. Right. My guess is the exclusivity at the end of the day will win out. And I think that we mentioned not being able to find UFC. I mean, the, the thing, every, this is sort of obvious, but the thing that's really going to make this merger work, this sort of center or this sort of synergistic opportunities, not just of cross promoting to different, I mean, to, to the overlapping fans and everything, but it's now they can walk up to NBCU or whichever major streamer they want and just be like UFC and WWE are a package deal. We're not talking about $2 billion anymore. We're talking about 10, you know, like whatever. Like it's like, it can be like crazy, crazy money. And I think that for UFC fans, I mean, I know how to get a UFC pay-per-view, but I remember the first like three times I did it in the, in this current era, it's, it's complicated. And, um, I think they're probably going to find, uh, much simpler ways to go, you know, to, to deal with that too. The UFC obviously obviously had the ESPN deal, which, uh, you know, which set the, which, which has a totally different framework where you did have to pay for the big shows. You know, you watch a lot of the stuff for free and then, and then you paid for the, for the major shows. Um, but yeah, it's those sorts of, those sorts of synergies are going to be crazy. I mean, just absolutely. I mean, that, listen, when we do this, when we're having this conversation a year from now, don't be at all surprised if we're saying, man, that was a great WrestleMania and UFC super weekend. You know, like it's, it's, I mean, I don't even, WrestleMania doesn't need UFC, but I guarantee that like there will be, that that there will be multiple times a year where they're just running super show weeks, like where they just take over Vegas, they take over Nashville, they take over whatever, because guess what? You think WWE doesn't already, I mean, doesn't already have a ton of sway with these cities, but guess what? If they can just do, Hey, well, I mean, what makes WrestleMania week work is we're taking over LA for five days in a row, right? Now they can say SmackDown Friday, UFC Saturday, WWE Sunday, Raw on Monday. We could do another UFC show before or after like morning shows, whatever, they can just cool. absolutely, they can absolutely own whatever city they go into. And, um, sit yeah. and, you know, the local, the mayors and whoever else they're going to be dealing with, they're going to be super receptive to that concept. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> Dave, when you look back <laughs> at this WrestleMania, obviously somebody who's covered a lot of them and you've been, you've been to a lot of them in person and also seen them all. 
Where do you rank this as far as amongst the greatest of all time when it comes to WrestleMania 39? I, you know, I've come around on the ending of the uh, a little bit to night two. I really enjoyed Brock beating the hell out of Cody on Monday Night Raw. I thought that was one of its one of the real saving graces of the night. But um, I can't deny that the, just the bizarre feeling of Cody losing and that there not being any sort of like you know forward momentum on on Sunday. Um, but that said, mm-hmm. I mean, night one was maybe the greatest night of WrestleMania that I've ever been to, uh, including the one, the times when it was on one night and night two was really awesome as well. I mean, it's, it was a, all the superfluous, mm-hmm. the, the kind of superfluous stuff was there, right? I mean, not superfluous, but the, t- the, the relate the, you know, the corollary stuff, the venue was pretty incredible, right? I mean, I, all my buddies were there, you know, we got to have a good time. It was, uh, you know, I get to see all my favorite wrestlers mm-hmm. perform. I mean, night two is just like a schmoz in so many ways. And when I say favorite wrestlers, you guys know I'm talking about Shane McMahon and nobody else. So it was, <laughs> that, that part was a little bit heartbreaking. Um, but, uh, but, but overall, I mean, I, I got to, I, I haven't even done the ranking, you know, of, okay. of, of places that I've been there live. I mean, I think that, I, uh, you know, God. New Orleans has to be number one still, right? I mean, I had freaking Daniel Bryan confetti on the bottom of my mm. shoe for two months. I refused to take it off. No, <laughs> this is but this th- this weekend is right up there. Mm. That's awesome. Like, hey, Dave, we could probably spend another hour or two talking about this, but I know you can't. So before we let you go, was there anything from NXT last night or anything from Dynamite Ron, Ron tonight Breaker that got your interest? Two things. One, Braun Breaker. That clothesline yes. on Mellow was my favorite thing that Ron Breaker's ever done. Well, the clothesline on Mellow because it looks so stiff. Oof. That Steiner line, and then, and then, the grab of Trick's throat before the press slam. <laughs> where I was because he because he because he clotheslined Mellow, and I was just like, now why are you celebrating? There's another dude right there. Like how is this? Is the it almost took me out of the moment. Right. And then as Trick walked up, he just turned around and grabbed him by the throat, and I was just oh that's why you have you know what to do in this situation, right? Like and then. Um, I mean, that's what he was made for. That was, this is the moment he was made for now because the the right. promo that preceded it was kind of just trash, but like that's, it, it was all redeemed. The, the parallel thing is, right. wait, so neither of these guys are getting called up. <laughs> I mean, right. Right. <laughs> it's sort of like for storyline yeah. purposes, it's <laughs> great, uh, for, just general fan purposes is a little bit deflating. You know, we're used to this sort of rhythm, right? I said over and over again, the weird thing about that match on Saturday was that it's like a match that where people only care about what happens next, right? It's like a like a uh, an NBA right. game where both coaches' jobs are on the line or something, you know? It's just like, we don't really, like, we care about who wins and loses, but only because of what's going to happen immediately thereafter. You know, one of these guys is getting called up. Both of them are getting called up. Now, I, I don't think anybody had any money on neither of them mm-hmm. are getting called up, but... Maybe that could still happen in the not too distant right. future, but that that to me was that to me was everything. I mean, I thought I thought NXT was overall really great. I I like um, I like that we're already knee deep in the Indy Hartwell era. You know, like it's it feels like I don't know. There's just a, it just all feels really it, uh, it it all feels really good. I um, but uh, compared to what happened on Monday, especially maybe I was just looking at it through rose colored colored glasses. I'm also very excited uh, tonight about Tony Khan's <laughs> announcement. You know, I have. I have, um, you know, a couple of group chats that exist solely to send pictures of the Tony Khan has an announcement placards that they put up (laughs) online. But, um, but tonight, 
I, I mean, my guess is it has something to do with the Saturday TV show, something to that effect. But uh, it'll be. In, I, I'm 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 more excited now than normal. I, I don't I don't than usually when he when he you know says he's going to make an announcement. You don't think he's going to announce that they're not going anywhere, and then Vince is going to take over the show? If he did that, that would be my. <laughs> I would be. I would just love Tony Khan. That would be all that Tony needs to do for the rest. If he opens the show, says we're not going anywhere, and then. The guys, and then like some like <laughs> heels come out and beat him up. That would be great. Um, no, but I think, yes, I think that the AEW of this, is, uh, people are talking about it, but it gets a little bit lost in the conversation. I think if people like Bailey or Lee, we don't know what's going on over there. But if like people, you know, if there are cuts, there's rumors there's going to be some cuts sooner rather than later on the talent side, and there's certainly going to be wrestlers. I mean, just floating around the ether or people like Bailey and Jay White and you know who knows what's going on with Charlotte and whatever else. Um, Obviously, there's a piece of this that's a big that could really help out AEW. The flip side of that is Tony Khan, you know, is going to keep picking fights, and that's his job as the underdog and everything else. But he's got a very different world. He's got a, he's got a very different competition now in Ari Emanuel and Endeavor, and you know maybe they'll just pretend he doesn't exist because they got their billions. Um. But it, but if he thinks he can do like a you know work shoot on one of the most important forces in Hollywood, I think he's probably got another thing coming. I don't mean that as a threat. I just mean that like I, I just think it's no it's, no no it's a yeah. Very, like, just, but I'm saying he's he's a wrestler. Announce what you're going to announce. I mean, he, yeah. like, he's in the wrestling world. He grew up a wrestling fan. He has an idea of how to how to communicate with the McMahon family, right? On screen with the microphone, whatever. Right. There's definitely like if if. If John Cena, if some, if the most like unobjectionable person in the world went out and like talked shit to Ari Emanuel on national TV, I think there'd be a problem, you know. And and I and and uh, it, yeah. you know, it, it so things might get interesting over there. I'm here for the drama, though. I think it'll be a lot of fun. David Shoemaker, thank you Indeed. so much for joining us again on Wednesday Worldwide. The the Ring of Wrestling Show put out. 14 hours of content during during WrestleMania week. Yes. I think you yes. personally were on 13 and a half of them. I'll, I'll look back on the math there, and it'll end up being <laughs> yes. 15. The other half after hour was this... Brian talking about Brutus the Barber Beefcake, <laughs> I think. That's right. That is... <laughs> you you got to pay for that episode because it is a doozy. Um, it'll actually end up being 15 after this episode drops. Uh, be sure to check it all out on the WrestleMania 39 Spotify playlist. It's linked in the description of this episode. Dave, you and Kaz are doing the Masked Man show tomorrow and the Ringer Wrestling Show's version of the Raw After Mania. Uh, you haven't recorded it yet, but I already know it's going to be better than what we were just given on Monday. So thank you so much for coming on. As always, we will talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. And before we get out of here, let's hit on last night's NXT and tonight's upcoming Dynamite we're not going to pick <laughs> what our big thing was from NXT because I know for a fact we all have the same one because Dave talked right. about it uh, just a few minutes ago. Oh my God. <laughs> Finally, Braun Breaker is interesting. We've arrived. Well, well, let me say, hey, hey Ben, hey, Ben, remember we had that one, that one uh, dark match where I was like, look, you got what you got to do is get Braun a little dirty. Immediately, yes. this man went in there with a grudge, destroyed everybody. And this, he, you, Brian H. Ward, you see how high this man just put his arms in the air? Like, this, <laughs> that's all you, you just, sometimes you, you got to stop letting them be so pretty, stop letting them hold that title for a while, let them be mean and figure it out. Again, the promo, 
he could work on it. Maybe he just needs to just point at people and just start smashing them. But whatever it is, the end result looked great. Man, look, when it happened, so I didn't watch it live, but I was like, you know, just maybe half hour behind. I immediately hit our group chat and then it was like Ben hit later. So it was the funny part was I was like on the phone and I was like, I get a Slack message like, oh shoot, something wrong. And I was like, oh, Ben just saw it. It's like, <laughs> and, um, you know, it was great. I, I love the execution of it. You know, Dave talked about the uh, grabbing of the throat with Trick Williams. But before yeah. that, it was a reaction like, oh, no, I didn't forget about what you did. You're going to get some of this too. Kind of like yeah. that look. And Melo is such an easy person to root for, what y'all see on TV, but also what we got to see personally, professionally, up close. So he's somebody like, even at Wally Mania, right? He was in the zone. <laughs> like, how do you, you locked in yeah. at Wally Mania where, right. like, I went up there and they had this, like, makeshift, um, I ain't gonna call it, but it was like a VIP section for NXT. And Wes Lee is somebody who's like a, a friend of mine. So he was like, no, no, he's telling security, like, yo, he can come in. And so, I saw Melo, and he's just, like, locked in. He's in his rhythm, but you can see he's, like, locked in, ready to become champion in a couple of days, right? So then you see what Braun does, and it's like, dang, now you got the sympathy factor on Melo, but now you got this hatred for Braun, and it's all best for business, and it's going to make people tune in. That's the reason why I'm not concerned about neither one of them rushing to the main roster, because I want mm. them to make Tuesday night's must-see television. That's a good point. No, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, Braun's... Anger actually makes sense, <laughs> right? Because look, as as much of now, Melo is is the babyface, and shout out to him for coming on the show, talking to uh to Dave and Kaz right after the day after while right. I right. right. er, early, was, like he was, was first interview, no, yeah, early, first one showed up, no problem. Uh, in the storyline, kind of makes sense why Bron's pissed. Right. You know, Trick Williams, they cheated. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He hit him with the title, mm -hmm. and that's that's why he lost, and obviously. Again, the reaction that Melo got after he won the title I was sitting there um, with Kaz during during that match, and it was just everyone got to their feet right once he won and kind of got his moment. Um, and you know when Braun handed him the title and kind of shook his hand and, and and just walked out, gave him his moment, you knew it wasn't done, right? Because at some point, Braun's gonna go back to the uh, to the back, watch the tape, and say, "Wait a minute." <laughs> I I I had this man. I had him I had him locked in and I would have won if not for for tricks. So uh he's already a thousand more times interesting. You, you know like I the barking never did a lot for me. Uh the the whole, you know, I'm 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 a strong baby face never did anything for me. Braun Breaker in that 30 seconds alone of just hitting the shit out of Carmelo and Trick was the most interesting he's been since he's become, since he's been kind of the face of, of this 2.0 era, right? So, dirty. Uh, finally, finally, thank you, <laughs> Bron. Uh, we'll, we'll be, now we'll be tuning in. Uh, obviously, we're going to tune in anyway because, as you know, this is a Carmelo Hayes Stan podcast, Same but era. that, it, it, you know, this is, the, this is a new era. And I might be turning over a new leaf. You might see me in a Braun Breaker oh, no. uh, he heel T-shirt. I'm just—he still—he said he got some work to do. As, he, as you said, Cal, he's, Wait, he still got some work to do on the mic and whatnot. Speak, speaking but. of T-shirts, uh, the the shirt with the image of uh, a Braun with the, the it was the purple Braun. Oh, mellow shirt. Yeah, is that available? Can I? I love that image. I don't. It, we we got to find it. We'll, we'll we'll find you one. 
If anything, you need more is more wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. You know, uh, looking at tonight's dynamite, uh, what's the one thing you're all looking forward to most? Cal, let's kick it off with you. What do you uh, got? Honestly, like there's a lot of wrestling on tonight, but I need to hear Brian Danielson and the Blackpool Combat Club speak. Brian Danielson going in there and just being full heel and beating people up with the club. I love it. I love it. Well, there we go. Brian, well, once it, what do you once have? again, Cal took mine. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Coming in at second, it just has to be the Guns versus FTR, AEW Tag Titles versus AEW Careers. Because yeah. we've been paying attention to what FTR has been doing and the little subtle hints they've been putting on, like, you know, the screen and the timeline and Twitter. So I want to see what's going to happen. And we're going to find out tonight. But you been no, I, I, I that was that was also mine, and it's also more interesting now. Especially, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna lock it in. <laughs> uh, especially, especially with everything going on now with you know with WWE and you know the momentum seemed to be that they would be heading back there, but now with all this Vince stuff out right. there and his mustache, who knows what that means for uh, for FTR. I got to share I just <laughs> so, like animation in my head of like a bunch of wrestlers like get ready to go to WWE and then they go never mind they go never mind right. it's, it's, it's the grandpa you, from the Simpsons putting his hat on the thing walking in the door and <laughs> yep. walk right back out yeah <laughs> right back out oh man it's, it'll, it'll be, it should be an interesting show now. I mean they they have they got to pull out all the stops tonight because WWE had the wrestling world in a vice grip mm-hmm. the last few days. So they, they have to show out uh, tonight. And guys, that is how you do Wednesday. Be sure to check out our other Ringer Wrestling Show offerings because we come to you every single day of the week. We've got the Masked Man Show with David Shoemaker and Kaz. Mondays and Thursdays, We've got Cheap Heat. As you see the shirt on Tuesdays and Fridays with Peter Rosenberg, Stack Guy Greg, and Dip. And you'll find Wednesday Worldwide smack dab in the middle on, you guessed it, Wednesdays. If you're not already, be sure to follow us, subscribe, and hit us with those five-star ratings here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Cal, Brian, tell the people where they can find you on the socials. At Cal on Twitter, at CalDub on Instagrams. At Brian H. Waters on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you'll find me at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. Twitter, Instagram. Gentlemen, we did it. We 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 this is hour 15 of the Ringer Wrestling Show's uh WrestleMania coverage on on the pod network. Uh, but thanks as always for the graphs chat. Everyone else. We will catch you next week. Worldwide?